Ala Alibrahim is a recent screenwriting postgraduate who focuses on scriptwriting and specializes in sound design. As a Syrian refugee, he moved to London a few years ago, where he decided to pursue his passion for filmmaking. After successfully completing his studies, he is currently finding his way into the industry with sound design or screenwriting, while developing the script for TV series. Before moving to London, he worked as a pharmacist in Syria and explored many countries in Europe and Asia. He shares his experience of what was it like to live there, compares the cultures and shares some childhood memories. Listen to this episode to get inspired by his difficult journey, what life-changing event led him to pursue filmmaking at an older age than his peers, and get insight into foreign cultures he lived in. Enjoy! Hello Alam, welcome to the show and thank you for joining us. Hi, um, thank you for having me. You've got quite a unique and interesting story. Can you please share a bit about your background? So my name is Ala Al-Ibrahim. I am a Syrian refugee. I had to leave my country about 10 years ago because of the war in Syria. And I was relocated in the UK about six years now. My background is pharmacy. I used to be a pharmacist back home. And later I had to change my career when I arrived in the UK. So it's a very long story. But in general, I would like to say that I came to the UK and I started working in a pharmacy. But as a trainee, and also I had to convert my qualification in a process that would take at least three or four years, including studying university. Qualification to become a UK citizen? No, to work in the UK as a pharmacist. They don't recognize my qualification because it's not from here or at least from the European Union. So I had to do some trainings and I had to study and I had to do like very long process. But fortunately, I did not go through it and I had to change it into something else. Fortunately. <laughs> so why did you decide for a film? Is that something you've been passionate about? If I say so, yes. I always thought like I like to have something related with films since I was a little boy. I love the making of films from early stage until the final product. So was it kind of fulfilling your lifetime dream? Absolutely. Maybe it's because of the place that I came from, I believe like I had a good childhood. We used to have subscription in a film store when we were kids, like it was back in the 80s. And actually, there's a funny story. When I was four or five years old, me and my cousins, I had four cousins older than me, and we grew up together because we lived next door. And... My eldest cousin, we usually go and rent some films like, you know, cartoons or other stuff for kids. But my eldest cousin, on one day, he brought a horror film. At that time, I think they might be no age restriction to watch such films. My father was at work. My mother was in the kitchen. She doesn't know what we are watching in the living room. So he brought A Nightmare on Elm Street. Four, four or five years old. Was he also five years old? No, he's like, like he's a teenager, much okay. older than me. So he brought it on purpose. 
Um, he likes horror films, and I was a little boy, so I watched that film with him. And after the end of it, he told me something that Freddy Krueger will visit me when I go to sleep. For many years, I kept dreaming about Freddy Krueger, and I can imagine that that age it must have been super scary. It was scary until I watched a program, the making of that film, that specific film. And for sudden, it was a relief for me how how they made this character and other stuff, how they make these scenes. So when I watched that, it was a big relief for me. Yeah, I can imagine. I started to enjoy it. And that was like after many years, after four or five years later. But after that, I started to enjoy horror films. I was still young, but I was okay because I know now. So is it your favorite genre or it's just a genre that you don't mind? Probably the most thing that we used to watch is action films, like the blockbusters films. Also comedy. We like comedy films. Can you say some examples? It will be nostalgia. The action films? Probably The Terminator, when it came out, it was something huge. The first one, and later the second Terminator also. Probably we watched it like 100 times in three days. We watched it again and again because it was good and we were... It's still an amazing movie today, and if I watched it when it came out, it must have been breakthrough. Indeed, yeah, yeah, that's true. So yeah, that's probably my background and my early childhood and my early connection with films later when started to have the cds i used to rent some cds with my best friend every week like every week we rent two or three films and to watch probably i watched many many films back then before netflix yeah exactly but probably most of them were commercial films not like something not art. Not art, yeah. Why didn't you study film back then or in the first place? Was it because there weren't such opportunities? It was difficult to study that stuff in Syria. I studied pharmacy as the desire of my parents. So they wanted me to study that. I said, okay. And it's not a bad thing. I worked in a pharmacy in Syria and I believe I was good in it. Did you enjoy it? Yes, but when I came to the UK, I want to be honest here, I worked about three months in a pharmacy here and I did not like it at all. I feel the system here is good, but you have to follow only the guideline. There is no creativity here in this mm-hmm. profession. Back home, we used to make some treatments in the pharmacy. Depending on each case, like we control what we put in that. Also, the relationship between the pharmacist and the customers and the patient in Syria, they have more depth. Here, it's like you just give them what they want and that's it. You don't have that deep connection like what we used to have back home. And just to be able to imagine, what does it mean under pharmacy? It's like someone who's selling medicine in pharmacy or some kind of doctor or what is it? In Syria, it's more like a doctor. So it's not like the person who's standing behind the counter and selling that medicine. So then you came here and 
you would normally continue being a pharmacist, but because you couldn't, that's why oh. big film. Um, it's not quite right. I was going to do pharmacy anyway, because this is what I want. What I know later, I had some illness. It prevented me from continue with training in a pharmacy. I had to do a surgery. Like the illness was, I had bowel cancer. It was a big shock for me. Then I thought I have to sit down now and think what I really want to do in the rest of my life instead of doing something I don't like. So I thought like I want to do something related with art because I always wanted to be an artist. The initial idea was to be a film editor. Middlesex University offered to help Syrian refugees to study. So they made like a test for Syrian to do and who passed that test will be able to study. So I was sponsored with the university and the student union there to study at Middlesex and I chose to study film. I started with a foundation year because I don't have previous background in, in film or in media. Later I started to study BA film. My initial thought was to be a film editor but later I found myself better with sound and I enjoy working with sound more so I did sound design graduated last year and I continued later and I started studying masters in script writing and I just finished successfully yes and just to come back to the exam that you had to do to be accepted to Middlesex was it like exam of some general knowledge or what kind of exam was it Yes, it's about English language, like in general language, knowledge. Yes. So did you learn English back in Syria? Yes, English actually was my third language. My second language was Russian, but now I speak English much better. Why did you actually learn Russian? I lived in Armenia and in Ukraine, and I completed my master's in pharmacy in Ukraine. How did you find the language? Because, for example, I studied Russian as well, and I'm not saying it was easy, but it was easier since it's Slavic language, it's my native language. So I wonder what it's like if your first language was Arabic. I think because we have similar pronunciation for some letters, like the difficult one in Arabic, and I felt it's okay, besides the grammar, because Arabic is very complicated, mm-hmm. and... Russian, yes, they have some grammars, but it's okay to learn these grammars comparing with Arabic, so yeah. What was the reason to study English in the first place? It's just like saying another language at school, but I wasn't good in English, to be honest, when I just arrived to the UK, so I started studying in a college besides during the university at the time. Why did you choose to move to the UK? Was there a specific reason for UK? Now, I left Syria about 10 years ago and I moved to Jordan, where I lived there. I was offered to come to the UK under the resettlement program for the refugees. And I said, yes, I did not choose the UK in specific. They chose. So you could have ended up in a different country. The first country that offered me to go was Canada. Oh, wow. That doesn't sound bad. Yeah, and I waited six months, but no one called me back again. Then they called me, the UNHCR, and 
they said, the UK is taking families, would you like to go to the UK? I said, okay, yes, I would love to. Mm-hmm. At least the weather here is much better. Did they also offer you city to go to or did you have to or could you have picked to go to London? No, actually it was by chance. I did not chose to come to London and I was lucky to. So how did you feel like when you came here for the first time? It's going to be like a fresh start for me. Living in Jordan was not easy because I was a refugee and a Syrian there. The laws there did not help refugees to work and to do many things. So these legislations were against us and it made many obstacles for us to live there. So it was really tough for us there. Like you have to work for many hours a day and the payment was maybe the half of the wages that normal people would solve. Yeah, it was tough there. And did you live in the capital or some other cities? Yeah, I lived in Amal, in the capital of Jordan. What's the city like? I love the city there. Is it nice for a tourist as a destination? It is, it is. Actually, Amman is a beautiful country and they have different places could be an attraction for tourists. For example, Petra, which was... Yes, I heard of it. Is it the city in a wall, like in rocks? In, in great. Wow, oh, yeah. beautiful. So you mentioned you also lived in Armenia and Ukraine. What led you to those countries? Maybe because of the relationship between the countries, Syria and these countries. I won't say it's much better, but it's like it's easier for Syrians to go there to study or to have a visit or something. It's difficult for us to come to Europe. You have to get a visa, which is, I don't know why, at that time was difficult for us. But in Armenia was easy, you just go there. You don't need a visa, you just travel there. And Ukraine also like had easy system for students to have to get a visa and to travel there. And also the cost of study is um, affordable in these countries more than other and doesn't Armenian language also have different alphabet and doesn't it also sound different? Yes, yes. And you know that one as well? Oh, no. I used to know some Armenian because of living in there, but um, I never learned how to read the alphabet because it's very difficult. Besides, I felt I don't need to learn it because I'm not studying <laughs> in Armenian. I'm studying in Russian, so yeah. Can you say a bit about the countries? What is Armenia and Ukraine like or what it used to be like? I've never been so far, so I'm curious. Uh, For Armenia, it's very similar to Syria. Even the culture, we have many, many similarities. And I felt like I moved to another city. That's how I felt about Armenia. And even the weather is similar to Syria. And is the capital Yerevan? Yerevan, yeah. Did you live there? Yes. It's a beautiful country. People are very connected with their heritage, with their cause. Yeah, I really respect that. So you felt well there? You liked it? Yeah. Yes, I did. Besides, there were many Syrian students. I made many friends. So I did not feel strange there because I had my friends everywhere. And what about Ukraine? Was it in Kiev? No, I lived in Kharkov. It was different. 
different experience. I like I felt now I am in a different planet because everything is strange for me. It's new for me. Was it kind I, of more European or in what way was it different? They have something about the European culture, but they still, you know, the old Soviet countries, they have their own culture, which is much different from the European culture. They have their own traditions, yes. What I found difficult was the weather. Was it cold? So cold. So cold, like south. The snow on the streets lasts maybe for six months. Maybe a silly question, but does it snow in Syria? It does. Oh, does it? It does snow, but it's like, maybe it lasts for one week and it melts down. doesn't last for months, which is normal thing in Ukraine or in Russia or these countries. Any other country you lived in? Yes, Kuwait. Oh, wow. I was born there, actually, and it's totally the opposite. Temperature, maybe uh, Kuwait is the hottest spot on Earth. It was recorded a few years ago. But still, I love Kuwait as well, and somehow I'm connected, maybe because I lived there and I studied there for my primary school there. So yeah, I feel I'm still connected to that country. Does it mean that you have or you had Kuwait and citizenship since you were born there? No, they don't give the citizenship or newborn baby there. Do they give it only to permanent citizens and their babies, or how does it work there? I'm not sure how the system there works about the citizenship, but probably it's more difficult. Even my father worked there maybe for 30 years, and he did not get their citizenship. Did you live in the Kuwait city? No, in different city, but in general, like, the whole country is not so much big. You can go through from south to north in a few hours. And was it even back then when you were born, was the country already so developed as it is now? Of course not, but in general, Kuwait is a very developed country. I mean, yes, not uh, as developed, but was it kind of obvious that it's going to be rich and very developed thanks to discoveries of oil and stuff? Yeah, they were already discovered at that time in the 80s and in the 70s. And comparing Kuwait with other countries, yeah, one of the fastest or quickest countries in development and in the technology and everything you found it there. I think I actually saw recently that it's the richest country in the world if you count it GDP per, what is it called, PPP? Per person? Yeah. I think Qatar and Kuwait are the highest. Oh, okay. Oh, it's I probably Qatar. Qatar, the number one. Yeah. I've got them mixed because they are kind of on a similar location. Both start with K and both are small and super rich. But still, like, the their currency is the highest comparing with the dollar. What is it called? A Kuwaitian dinar. I think it's one Kuwaiti dinar is equivalent to... I'm not sure. Is it $3 or $5? Something like that. Maybe $5. And do you still visit the country if you can? I would love to go there. Like last time I visited Kuwait was in 2005. I went there and I have some relatives living there. But my best thing that I visited my school from childhood. Was it still there? 
in a different location, but it was there, the same school. So yeah, I was happy to visit my old school. It sounds like a great destination to visit. It is. Maybe I would advise anyone to visit Kuwait during winter or early spring. Like now, it's perfect time to visit Kuwait because the weather there is so nice. Now as of beginning of March. Yeah, like February and March is very nice to visit, yeah. Yeah, when it's not so crazy hot, right? Indeed, yeah. So is there another country you've been? I've been to Saudi Arabia, I've been to Lebanon, like short visit, not like actually lived there. Is there anything worth mentioning about these countries? Something you enjoyed or that left some interesting memories or experience? Probably like Saudi Arabia now, they have the revolution now in Saudi Arabia is amazing. In the technology, the opening to the world is so great. The vision for 2030, they had a vision. Now this country is open to the world and their plans for the vision they have 2030 is something really amazing to watch how they are developing the country, the people. I want to go there and maybe to live there one day. I saw that they are or they want to build a city. This like a super long line that goes, I think, from the sea across such a big part of the country and it's, I think, in the middle of the desert. So it doesn't really make sense, but at the same time, it sounds so visionary and really cool. Yeah, I saw that. I think it's called the line. Yeah, <laughs> okay, probably. Yeah, it's called the line. Also, the Neom project is something. Wow. What is it? Neom. Can you say a bit more about it? I'm not sure what it is. They are creating big city in the area of Red Sea, in the north side, I believe, of Saudi, next to the Red Sea. And it would have a lot of potentials and it would attract a lot of businesses to start there. I think I read somewhere that they want to compete with United Arab Emirates because they are so developing and attract a lot of tourists. So Saudi Arabia maybe wants to do something similar. Exactly, yeah. So I guess we will see in the future. Let's come back to your studies and to the film. You found interest in sound. Is that something that you want to pursue for the future? I would say yes. I have some plans for myself to do sound as a job, like a day job. And hopefully to do writing something like a side gig or some side job. Something like a hobby could turn some profits back, hopefully. Studying script writing took me away from doing sound for in the last year. But now after finishing, I started to recap and I'm trying to fresh up my memory about everything, the stuff that I learned. So have you got a plan how to start or how to enter the industry, how to start looking for work? There is a radio station very close to where I live. Um, I applied for a job there for training. I still waiting for the response. Also, now I'm doing some work with a theater. It's called Chicken Shit. Chicken Shit? Chicken Shit, yeah. It is a theater in North London. They work with children in general, all ages, all backgrounds. I met someone there last year by chance, and now I'm collaborating with them on a project as script supervisor. 
to improve and to expand the project. Hopefully something will see the light very soon. Yeah, sounds interesting. Maybe then you will have both work in sound and work in theater and don't know which one to choose. I would do anything. I feel like I want to do everything in terms of writing and in terms of doing sound. But my passion about writing, to be honest, not to write in English, to write in Arabic. Um, to write some film TV series or films for Arabic viewers. I had so far like three projects now. I'm working on one of them. I had three ideas. I put them on paper. And I'm working on a TV series now. It's based on a film I wrote before. This is project, The Journey for Chicken Shit. After finishing that, I will have more time to focus. And can you say why it's called Chicken Shit? This question I never asked. You said it's for children, right? So I'm a bit surprised. Yeah, maybe because it's for children. Chicken shit, this is like... Yeah, something that stays in your mind when you are a kid. So you said you are writing or you wrote some scripts and you are writing script for a TV series? I started working on a script for a TV series, yes. What's the goal? Do you want to pitch it to studio or some production company? I hope so, yes. As you said, Arabic one. Yes. And for Arabic viewers, we have each year there is a race for TV series in all countries during Ramadan. All TV channels try to buy and to produce TV series as much as they can. And like, there is a big opportunity for anyone to work for that month. If you did one TV series a year, it would be enough for you. Oh, wow. I can imagine if they adapt your script. It's a big thing. Makes you probably famous. It gives you more work, plenty of money. It will be like a Kickstarter because your work has already been produced. So it's always the first step is the big step for you to make. And once it gets adapted by Netflix, you are done. You will not know what gig to choose. There will be too many. That's true, yeah. So is there specific Arabic TV or a company that you want to pitch it to or how does it work? It depends. There is some production companies. Also, there is TV channels that produce themselves where they have their own studios. The challenge is to pitch for everyone until you find someone who will be interested in your work. I'm sure there is also big competition. Absolutely, yes. So fingers crossed. And that was the main reason why you are writing in Arabic. Is it because it's simply your native language? So you feel like you can express yourself better? That's true. It's not only the language, also the culture. I lived in many countries, many Arab countries, and I know the mentality and the culture of people there. So I could do something, write something close to them, relating to them. And... During my study here, I wrote my final project. It was a Syrian story for British audience. And I made a lot of research about how to write something for British audience. And the story would something different from the original because I need to change it. So it fits. Exactly, yeah. yeah. If I want to show it back to Arab country, uh, to Arab audience, it won't be the same. I have to make a lot of changes. Yeah, that's understandable. Do you want to say more about the script you are writing or not yet before it's published? I believe not yet because it's like the ideas. I could share something about the previous project, which is a film, feature film, 
It's called Finding Mr. Buster. The story started in Syria. We have multi-protagonists, multi-stories. They are all connected and somehow some of the characters come to the UK and live here and the story ends here in the UK. This story focused on the Syrians inside Syria during the war. All refugee stories focus on them when they leave or when they arrive to their new country. But none of them focus on the refugees inside their countries. So this is something focusing more on that part. So is the TV series the adaptation of this into TV series? It's going to be an adaptation for this. Even though I believe for political reason it would be difficult for Arab TV channels to adapt this story. But I believe Netflix would be able to take this. Let's hope. Can you say a bit about the process of what it's like to be writing script for TV series? How long it is? It's going to be about eight episodes, about 30 minutes each episode. So does it mean 30 pages multiplied by eight for the script? Yeah. That's a lot. It is, yeah. But the story itself has a lot of potential and even more because I have multi-protagonists, so I have the potential to, to write a lot in that and to fill like the story. But the different thing is the structure would be different from writing for TV and writing as film. So each episode would have its own structure as beginning, middle and end. Just to get an idea, how long does it take to write, let's say, a page, one episode, the whole series for someone who doesn't know this stuff? Just estimate. I'm sure that it's hard to say. It is hard to say because I'm doing different stuff at the same time and I'm not focusing on this at the moment. Try to finish the play for the theater now and afterward I would have more time to focus on. So it, it would take months, maybe two or three months. Yeah, that makes sense, especially if you want to make it kind of perfect so there's potential to succeed. Exactly, yeah. Can you tell us more about the education? How did you find the study in film? How did you enjoy it? I did. At the beginning, maybe for two or three weeks, I kept hearing a voice inside my head. I did not understand anything. What they are talking about, I have no idea. And maybe my issue was the language. What I mean by that, not only the English language as it is, but... Maybe the age gap with my colleagues, I was 38 at that time. I was studying with other students who are maybe 20 years. And I don't understand their language. What they are talking about, I felt like I am maybe outdated or something. like. Little by little, maybe I managed to live young again and understand everything was going on. So you graduated successfully from? Yes. I was graduating during the COVID or shortly after COVID? It was challenging and it was upsetting, especially for the last year. We were working on for the major project and we planning for it. And we even traveled away to the location and stayed there for a few days for test shoots. And we made a crowdfunding uh, video there. And at the end, we couldn't film it. Because of COVID, right? Because of COVID, yeah. I got COVID and later one of the actresses got into it, so we had to cancel the project and to do something different. Yeah, what a timing. What did you do instead? I had a film 
and I have rebuilt the sound for it from scratch and do the sound design for it and to record some stuff like poly sound and some sound effects by myself and create some sound. How was it in the end? Very good. Did everyone have some kind of alternative assignment? Exactly, yeah. Depending on your role, because I was doing sound, so I had to do sound design for a film from the archive. Can you highlight some aspects of the university that you enjoyed and some aspects that you feel like that could have been done better? I did not think about that before, but I think how easy to access to the information, to the knowledge is much better, especially here in the UK. Maybe in my time, we did not have computers and internet to help us to study, but now everything is more accessible. They have all the tools to help you. We don't only study the theories and stuff like that. We actually practice things um, to learn how to do it in a professional way, which is very, very good. And is there something that maybe there isn't, but is there something that you didn't like or you felt like could have been that better? If I was listening to someone who would want to go to university to consider both benefits and negatives. I believe if someone loves what he's learning, he won't find anything negative or he won't look at all the negative things. He, he will focus on how to learn and how to achieve, how to finish his course out, finish it like in a good way. Did you decide to study masters because there was a COVID, so there was a probably difficult situation in the industry or in the market, or would you study masters anyway? What was the reason for that? Few reasons. One of them is yes about the COVID and the work. Other thing is it was a big challenge for myself because writing was always big problem for me writing in English and doing the masters in script writing maybe helped me a lot to overcome this problem and to enjoy it later. So do you feel like it helped? Very much, yeah. How hard or how easy was it to apply for it and get accepted? I don't believe it's hard to be accepted for the masters, maybe because I already wrote some stuff. I had some materials before and I had to submit them before I get exception. So after probably when they read my stuff, they thought this is maybe I have something original I could work on and to improve here. So yeah. What was the final project like? I assume it was some kind of script? Yeah, it's a script. It is a script for a feature film, like the one hour film. Was it 60 pages then? Yes. How was it? I assume you enjoyed it? Very much. The most thing that I enjoyed was in the vibe and in the showcase when we had few actors who came to read part of our scripts and hearing my story from them and they were acting, critic with acting, it was so good to hear and it was so like a moment I was proud of. Did you get a good grade? I had good grades, yes. Maybe it will get adapted in the end. Maybe, uh, I would hope to. And I am waiting at the moment for the feedback of a tutors. And after that, I am going to rewrite the same script again, how to improve it, which is, would be very valuable. If you sum up your experience at the university, would you recommend it to someone who wants to pursue a similar career path or want to become a filmmaker? 
I would recommend it for anyone, of course. For me, because I did not have any background, I've learned a lot and I gained a lot of experience, not only learning about the tools and how to do things. No, it's to learn how to deal with other people, how to deal with your colleagues and how to work in a team. Uh, that's very important for anyone who seeks to work in the industry. So they need to learn how to work with others. It links to the next question. What would you recommend or suggest to starters or to anyone who wants to work in this industry? What kind of traits or skills to gain and what kind of traits to develop? First of all, it is important to read as much as you can. Tutors always give you like a reading list. Try to read as much as you can of this because it's very important for you to learn, especially about the stuff that you want to be specific or specialized in. Also, try to practice, practice, practice as much as you can. The more you do things, the more you master it. But this is very important as well. Don't depend on the university itself. Try to do self-learning. With this, you could improve your skills. You could shine later because you have knowledge, more knowledge than others, and you can do probably something much better. Great points. I can only agree with that. Is there something else university-related that you would want to share? Maybe for the students, I would share something for them. I have noticed during all these years that every year some students drop out of the university because they feel they can't do it or they hesitate or whatever reason they have. I had that feeling sometime, yes, but what helped me that I always imagine, I always have a vision of the final day of the year, how proud I'm going to be when I finish this, when I have this achievement. This vision was always in my mind that this is the day that I'm looking for. And this is my huge step I need to do and I need to focus. Do you have a vision now when your script is being adapted? Yes, of course. Of course. <laughs> the story that I told you, maybe like it's a bit tough to be something, to sell it or something like that. But it's still something in my portfolio. But the other stuff I'm planning for, for example, the horror film, the idea that I have something could be selling and maybe one day. I believe that I'm going to do it one day. We'll invite you to podcast again when it's on Netflix or something. Sure, with pleasure. To talk a bit about yourself, do you want to share what are your hobbies or what do you enjoy doing in your free time? In my free time, maybe cooking is my biggest hobby. Learning new recipes and What's your favorite cuisine? Syrian, of course. What kind of question? Can you share a tip on some delicious dish? We will Google it afterwards. Syrians are famous for meat dishes. and Maybe salads like tabbouleh would be something very famous for something very popular for Syrians everywhere. So tabbouleh, like I recommend it for anyone to try this salad. We'll have a look. And what kind of meat is used there primarily? and lamb. Sounds good. Like kibbe, which is a meat dish, like a burgle's shell stuffed with meat and onion with some nuts, maybe. I will have a look because it sounds good. It is, yeah. Some other hobbies? I draw from time to time, like I do some painting and maybe now I started to enjoy going out, walking and stuff.
when it comes to drawing or even writing scripts or the sound stuff, do you put it somewhere online or on the internet? Or do you keep it for yourself? The stuff that I wrote already. Yeah, anything that you produce, either what you wrote, maybe some sound stuff or drawing? Not yet. I had some stuff online for the stuff I produce for sound. It was like training and practicing stuff. Like I had a YouTube channel, but it's just for keeping my stuff there. But for my writing, no, not yet. I'm planning first to pitch it for... It's just that if you want it or if you had something, we can always put it to the show notes and people can have a look or can follow you if you had something. Yeah, I could share with you my LinkedIn. From time to time, I share some stuff there, so yeah. If we had some listeners interested in following you or learning something from you, we can share your LinkedIn if you want it and maybe they can connect or follow you for inspiration. I know we didn't discuss much uh, the sound. We discussed primarily screenwriting. So do you want to elaborate a bit on the sound? What do you enjoy about sound? Maybe what specifically would you want to do? Do you want to hold the mic or be the mixer or recorder? So... With sound, I like your stuff, like mixing things together, creating sound effects. Sometimes you don't find sound effect good enough or how I say it, matching what you see. Maybe like give the thing that you are seeing on screen. So I like to create some sound effects myself. Also, I like polysound, making polysound. Can you explain what is it for someone who doesn't know? For example, you are doing some steps in studio for the movement on screen, for example, or you break something in the studio and you record that sound to match something you see on the screen. Probably something very enjoyable. Then I'm sure you can be quite creative. Indeed, yeah. I feel like I'm very good with that part. To record sound, yes, but it's things still not I enjoy much. But I enjoy working more on in the studio. Yeah, that's understandable. Do you have a favorite composer or even screenwriter? Maybe the, I would say directors because they write their own films. I like Christopher Dolan and I like Quentin Tarantino. What I like about Tarantino is the dialogue. The way he uses the dialogue and how he tells stories within the story. I always admire that. Yeah, me too. Is there something that I forgot to ask you or you would like to add or come back to? I think we covered everything here. Just for anyone who wants to do things or who wants to have maybe a job or the dream to do something, you have to believe in yourself that you can do it. Whenever you have that thought in your mind, that's it. You would be able to do anything you want. Yeah, I only agree. I think it's a great thought to finish. As I said, we'll be happy to do to meet again once you feel like you got something to share. Sure. Thank you so much for having me in this interview. I'm looking forward to your podcast. It's my pleasure. I also found it very interesting when it comes to geography. It was great to catch up with you, to see how are you, and also to learn something both about sound and screenwriting, because that is something that I didn't know much about before. And I'm glad to see that you still continue pursuing your dream, and wish you good luck at it. As we said, it will get adapted. (laughs) Thank you so much. Thank you very much, Allah.
Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Produced By. Subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast app, leave a review, or send us your feedback. For more information about the host, links from the episode, and ways to connect with us, visit the show notes. If you know someone who would be an ideal guest for our podcast, please get in touch. Thank you, and see you soon. Thank you.